Welcome to Movie and Beer, everybody. This is Dan Kapersky bringing us in. And on this fabulous evening, we watched a wonderful film and we had some wonderful co-hosts with us and our wonderful friend. Uh, I'm Blake. I'm the Washington, D.C. expert. Well, you lived there, didn't you? Yeah, that's why I'm the expert. Lived there longer than you, Jim Oaks. I'm Aaron. I'm the treasure hunting expert. He is the treasure hunting expert. And thank you, Aaron, for joining us again tonight. Uh, thank we you for having me. watched this film with Nicolas Cage. We should and, say the name of the movie. And it's called... <laughs> National Treasure. Yes. It's an amazing film. If you like that sort of thing. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love action-adventure films and treasure hunting and gentle Disney like sexlessness. And just, it's fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. And children it's, doing fun things. It's dumb, but like it's learning. fun. Like, like learning. Like doing ciphers. Yeah, this, this little kid was doing the cipher form because they didn't want to go in and get arrested. Because the yeah. plot dictated that Sean Bean would show up, and he did. Yes. That's right. That's right. That plot was so magical. There were so many magic hand waves that just solved problems in that plot. And, and listening to Nick Cage just digress and try to figure out puzzles out loud for like 10 minutes. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, is there yeah, right? that, was a is that happened like three times. That's not an exaggeration. I'm doing the math in my head. It was. It's it's like a two hour plus movie, and that happened like three times. He literally sat there for ten minutes trying to figure out something, just listing crap from American history and saying Colonial Williamsburg. He was it was literally like throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Like and colonial and, spaghetti. Yeah. Colonial yes, he was. He old spaghetti. He uh, actually macaroni, if we could say that. Oh, called him macaroni. Cap. Hey, there's a. He oh. put a feather in his cap and called him macaroni. There's yeah, a he put whole a feather story. in his cap and there's birds there's, at the arboretum. There's a whole story behind that, but we're not going to get into that because that's not what this film's about. Okay, so National Treasure, two thousand four. Yeah, we're kind of on a roll. Our last episode was with a movie from two thousand four as well. We didn't realize that until after the fact. Yeah, but yeah, still, that, uh, Sean Bean and Diane Kruger in both yeah. of these movies. Yes. Yep, blowing up. If you, if this is your first episode, we watched Troy before this, and that was in 2004, and had Diane Kruger and Sean. That's why we're saying that. We were amazed we didn't realize that until we started watching it. We're like, oh, who's it? Oh, geez. Wow, okay. Kismet. Happenstance. Happenstance. Oh. A happy accident, otherwise right. known as serendipity. 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 It, yes, it's, yes. They, that Benjamin Franklin called his wife Serendipity, and she wrote these letters. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my gist of the movie is Benjamin Franklin Gates enlists the aid of National Archivist Abigail Chase and his father, Patrick Henry Gates, for a treasure hunt that is not only amazing, but unbelievably crazy. That's really rude because they left out Riley. <laughs> I know they totally left out Riley in that. Uh, I stole that from someone, but it's just like, wow, you didn't even mention like the other main character who was there for every scene. But that's so, my uh, stuff. The, the yeah. characters that were mentioned were all historians. This is a history lovers movie, and Riley is a computer dude. I know, but he did the, the security cameras. Yeah. That's more than computer. You got to know electronics. Okay, so he's g- general tech. And he drove a van, a big van. He drove also, a big, big van. That's also tech. It's internal combustion engine tech, but still tech. He was the getaway driver. He was the getaway driver. Jerry Breckheimer, who's been known for making lots of big budget films. This was like a $100 million budget, and it made like 130-something mil domestic and 340-some gross internationally. Yeah. Uh, so, he produced. John Turtletop directed. Oh, okay. He said the initial cut was four hours long. Oh, jeez. That was more Nicolas Cage exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. think they spent more time on the music budget when Harvey Keitel was in the shot than anything else. Because the music always changed when he yeah, was on screen, did. if you didn't notice that. I noticed that. Hmm. 
and there's a lot of people who really, you know, the Christopher Plummer scene at the very beginning is like, oh, it's a sweet old grandpa. But no, he's like, a, you know, he just sets it up. Yeah, it's, it's a that's a real Dumbledore move. It is. Yeah, and it if is. you've read and I, I tease the guys, I was like, if you've seen or read, you know, the Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, it basically steals a lot of like the similarities in how to push the characters forward and searching for clues because there's clues everywhere. Also incredible hair. And lots of good hair again. Just like in Troy. Just like in Troy. Well, it was a lot of the same actors and actresses. So the hair, I think, was a transferable skill they brought to the to the role with. There, yeah. there was sand. The sand was the same actor. Yes, the sand was the same. The snow, they didn't have any snow, though, in Troy. But there was snow in this one. Yeah. They was, had boats. Was there when yeah. there was the snow? And, and a boat in the middle in the of first the first the very opening portion. Well, they blew was, up that shit. They they went hunting for a. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's they, right. They went hunting for a nav a U.S. naval vessel, the Charlotte, that, the Charlotte, out in the Antarctic because you know there were what did he say hurricane type wind forces and things that would have blown it way mm-hmm. north. Yeah, and then melted and remelted the ice and moved the ship yes. around. Which uh, Riley, the uh, general tech expert. I created a model and figured out where that ship was going to be. And he was right. And he was right. He did metal detecting, and they found it, and then they blew it up. They did. Well, that was because Sean Bean was bad again. Again. I And I was mentioning... Who could you have know, known? Who could have known that Sean Bean Dan was secretly Dan a con man? I secretly called it at the beginning. Criminal. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the blonde hair. When he doesn't have blonde hair, he's not a criminal. You know, his blonde hair did creep me out in this movie a little bit. I'm used to him having Ned Stark hair or no yeah. hair at all. Did he have blonde Great. hair in Lord of the Rings? Yes, and he was also, he but ended up sort of being up, not really a bad guy, but he was kind of a bad he, he guy. Was a he, was a turd. he was a turd. He it was a, a dark enough blonde that it wasn't, he wasn't strictly evil. If we're, if we're using the Sean Bean hair color index for good versus evil, I feel like in Lord of the Rings, he was kind of a neutral. Neutral, and then in like Game of Thrones, he was definitely a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah, he got hair. his head cut off. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I only knew about the whole, he can't live in anything he's cast in. For a while, he died in every single thing he was uh, in. Well, he didn't. He didn't die in this. He just well, went yeah, to jail. I know. But apparently, the internet says he dies a lot. He does die a lot. He's been in like a hundred and some things. Good and for him. I was like trying to look at the filmography and stuff, and it's like a ton of shows, a ton of movies. Yep. yep. The man is a good actor. I applaud him for his ability to be a good bad guy. He's a great actor. He is. Yeah. Believable without the accent and with the accent. Mm-hmm. As we get back into accents. Yeah, Saxon, German, something or other. Uh, so, what, yes. what was his? What was Ian's motivation for wanting the treasure? Is it, is it just like I'm rich? I'm rich and, and evil, I want more money, and I want even more. Yes. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. Because like, probably recognition. Go, I'm the richest man who found treasure. Yeah, I, I mean, like it's if, kind if of he was if he was bald, we could call him Bezos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm. So, like, this is a precursor to the uh, to the modern, incredibly super, the the giga wealthy, the fifty seven billionaires <gasps> that exist in the United States. You, you, yes, we follow the patterns of the film, and it led to the oh, the, the clues go. led to now. <laughs> we missed the clues, guys. They did the clues all left? It predicted the future. It, pre- it was a message from the past predicting the future. From, I can't handle mm-hmm. hyperfixing on this. I won't get any sleep. <laughs> no, the Masons or the aliens were trying to communicate. To the Masonlins. Would, would you say Aaron Nalians? <laughs> because they had nice Home Depot nails in the ancient architecture, the ancient yeah. wood. Yeah, the Nalians did it. The Nail, yeah, and they said that they actually said, "Well, you know, they built the pyramids, and then they built, you know, and, and who who did it?" Well, the I, I picture the aliens beam down and just Home Depot style, just hammer a nail, just oh, like I, montage. I, I, I imagine it was like they they come bearing gifts, and it's just 
you know, boxes of nails. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What do I do with this? I don't know what this is. You'll understand when the time is right. Yes, and that's and then, exactly it. And then Benjamin and Franklin slept with one. <laughs> yes, he did. I swear to God, those two were just going to have sex on the freaking Declaration it's of a, Independence a few times. The, I forgot how bad it was when they get to revealing the uh, the cipher on the back of the, the map, and the two of them just... Just lightly blow next to each other, like come on. And they're giving each other that winky, winky, nudge, nudge look. Right, and that's all it took. That's all yeah. it took for those characters. Then all of a sudden, they're, now they're connected. We, yes. we need more. We need more lemons. We need more heat. Ugh, <sighs> I need another beer. <laughs> yes, we do. And it's a Disney film, so of course it's completely. This is PG's. It's it's day. clean. It's clean, man. It's it's. They shoot at people, but I don't think they actually shoot anyone. They, they shoot the declaration. The that was pretty awesome. They did. They shot maybe, at the declaration. Maybe that's why they're all such bad shots. Maybe they can't hit any of the other characters. They can't shoot another character to maintain the PG rating because if there's blood, maybe it has to be PG thirteen or R. Is this a PG thirteen I mean, movie? Uh, I don't know, but I know the the Dark Knight got PG. 13 even though there's scenes of violence but there's not a single drop of blood hmm there's, there's violent there's, imagery so in national treasure i don't think there's i don't think there's any swear words i nope. don't think there's there's no oh, there's blood when nicholas cage punctures his own thumb yeah that's it that's less violent and more cool yeah. <laughs> that is kind of cool also cutting your thumbs really dangerous right doesn't it just pulse harder <laughs> It, it, yeah. yeah, but I, I think the people that, that pay attention to ratings would be concerned about setting a bad model or precedent this, for children. This was a PG film. It was a wow. PG film. This was a PG film. I love it. They, they worked hard to, to maintain that rating, I think, because yes, that's why did. none of the guns ever actually worked well enough to and hit yeah, They couldn't hit anyone. There was like shooting and like bullets weren't even ricocheting and they just like yeah. shot and nothing happened. It's like they're shooting blanks. Yay. Well, so I was talking to Blake uh, before we started recording here, and I was just saying, like, this movie reminds me of, like, you know, there's a certain breed of dog that's just stupid and happy and fun. Like, well, that's most dogs to me. And, okay, so then most dogs. There's more nuance to dogs, Dan, please. And, mm. Welcome to Dog Talk with well, Blake and Aaron. I was thinking, yeah, like, you know, Seriously. a g- golden retriever, maybe a yeah, Labrador yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, where it's, like, it's not complicated. It's not sophisticated. It's not smart. It's fun. And happy. And yeah. that's what this movie is. This movie is not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. It's you like could show it movie. to a preteen or young adult and to punish them because they've they've probably seen much worse in, in maybe the TV they'll show get into history. Yeah, it's, it's this could <laughs> go either way. To inspire them yeah. to learn more it, about history. It, it depends go. upon if you're yeah if you're a parent you're going to show this movie to punish them. But if you're a cool <laughs> uncle you're going to be like hey let's learn about the Liberty Bell. And then if you're a really cool, if you're a really cool uncle, you get arrested with your uh, ne- niece or nephew trying to do this stuff, and yeah. they catch you. Yeah. It's so yeah, I guess from us at Moving a Beer, don't break into national archives. Uh, yeah. We endorse the theft of no national treasures or public monuments or public uh, documents. I'm going to read what I wrote about this as my reaction. While the special effects are good, and there's plenty of realistic stunts. The sets are goofy and unrealistic, even for those fans of Nick Cage who are willing to suspend just about any belief. I'm raising my hand currently. You can't just see know it. that searching for hidden treasure isn't always what it's cracked up to be. And in the end, jail time is worse than losing your gold. <laughs> they do talk a lot about going to jail. He does. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And I wrote that before we watched it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, no, I know, I know that something had somebody, someone in one of the reviews said, yeah, no, it's all about jail time. 
He there, refuses to go to jail. There is bad. a fear of authority as an undercurrent during this film. I, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to get caught. Oh, the, you know, the FBI agents interviewing me in Trinity Cathedral about the stuff that I stole. But, you know, I'm going to give away my one bargaining chip, which is the Declaration of Independence. Which but, I'm just holding here in this but, little canister. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it got banged around a lot. It did get banged around a lot. <laughs> Nicolas Cage did have, at that, uh, at that gala event, a really nice um, soliloquy on... on doing the right thing and yes. doing the right thing, even if it's the wrong thing for the right reasons that ultimately becomes the right thing in a bigger yes. picture way. Uh, so there, there is, I think, kind of an ethical or morality question that you could ask a 13-year-old to ponder. And yeah, and it gets mansplained a few times during the film. I had to sit there and like spread my legs a little bit because they were like, oh, they're mansplaining it to all the kids watching because they don't understand what a plot is. Isn't it adult explaining? It, it, well, well, yes and no. The plot well, had some holes in it that needed some plastering over them, too. <laughs> like the Freemasons use plaster. Major <gasps> construction work over them. Yeah, it's like the big dig. Here we go. Yeah, I feel like Ian, if he has as much money as they say they do, he, he doesn't need... Uh, what is it, Benjamin Franklin Gates? Yes. He can hire any other expert to solve these these historical problems. M- money will solve those those impediments. Well, there's, like, it's a Hollywood thing because, you know, there's a bunch of movies that have come out about this kind of thing, such as like Indiana Jones, all that stuff. Those great movies. Good movies where it actually do teach you a little bit about history, where this just talks about history. It doesn't really teach you about it. It talks about it. And then it says, hey, that helps me find something I want. So is that the lesson? Learn history so you can find something you want? I think the lesson is is uh, we, we have this cultural value in the United States that if you're smarter than everybody else and you know your history, you can outwit the bad guys and win both the unbelievable riches and treasure, but then also a very beautiful woman. Yes. Well, you know, if that's your thing. Right. And if that doesn't work, you can purchase the movie National Treasure at the actual National Archives gift shop. What? That's what IMDb says. Is that? A, oh my God, that's awesome! <laughs> I I, I wonder how much they actually shot on location there. I'm sure they uh, they did some. Every, everything was actually on location except for the Antarctic, which, which was shot in Utah. In Utah, yeah. Which you know, and then they're like, "Hey, we should leave now before someone sees the smoke." And you're like, "You're in the middle of the Antarctic. Who the hell's going to see the smoke?" This ah. Inuit village that's nine miles away. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to call in the police to fly in from I don't know some other continent <laughs> further south. It, yeah, well, okay, the Antarctic doesn't have a country ruling it. It doesn't have anything other than villages ran by people who fish for a living. But what's that, what's that on that fish's scales? Is it a symbol of the Knights Templar? Oh man, this goes deeper than I thought. It ties into the scale that uh, Lady Justice <laughs> is holding with her with yes. her blindfold. There's a clue everywhere. Anything else to talk about? I no, mean, we, I, I, we, I, that was my last favorite trivia. That made me laugh so hard. We're we're gonna run it out of steam on this one. It is a fun movie How if you want to hang out it? with it's, your friends. It's silly, and we we kind of do an MST three K thing while we're watching it because when it's so dumb, you just have to make comments. And we were doing that, and some people don't like that, but we had a good time doing. We it. did, we did, we did. It makes me wonder though how expensive. Like what what for souvenir copies of the Declaration of Independence? Thirty five bucks. But that was like two thousand four dollars. I know that was a lot of money in two thousand four. I mean, I mean yeah. it's a it's, a it's a DC gift shop. Of course, it's expensive. I should know. I live in DC. Well, can you look this up real quick? Are you on the National Archives uh, gift um, shop? I'm page? not, but I'm, you, I'm still. You can go search for. I can search. I, for I can get you another spoiler. Uh, oh. as a spoiler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trivia is the word I meant. One of the few movies where Sean Bean's character does does not die. <laughs> 
When you have 200 movies in your career, you're bound to have died in some of them. A few of them. Sam Jackson doesn't die that much. He was in a bunch. Was he in 200? I don't know. Google, 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 Google. Hey, look, the very top thing that comes up when you go to the nationalarchivestore.org is National on collections is Freemasons? no, but it's a Declaration of Independence copy. Beautiful. Get a copy of it. $12, free shipping Oh, or flat shipping. Oh, if you want a framed one. Ooh, of course uh, I want a framed one. No, this is the Constitution. Uh, Not basic. Declaration of Independence, custom frame, 225 bucks. Oh, that's right. expensive. A lot of that's going to be the frame. I well, feel yeah, like. it's all about the frame. <laughs> if you just want the piece of paper, full-size reproduction, Bill of Rights, Constitution, or Declaration of Independence, they're all $12 each. But do you know why the one with the frame was so expensive? Why? Because the framers. Oh, ho, 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 ho. that's awesome. Aaron, you're on it. You are on fire. Like Donkey Kong. You're hammering oh, Like some, some really, really old black powder found in a oh. ship in the Arctic. <laughs> that happens to light when you hit it with flame. Just at the right time. And it was amazing because you were right. Like we were sitting there saying they, they walk into this ship that's just barely under the surface of the snow. And we're like, why wouldn't that be full of ice? It should have been full ice. <laughs> that doesn't make Snow any and sense. ice would have blown in there in 200 years? Yeah. 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 And also, every every barrel that they broke open was black powder. Like, they didn't yes. have fresh water that would frozen, or they didn't have, like, hardtack. Like, these people weren't eating. There wasn't, like, spare that's, wolf That's blankets. why they're all dead, because they were eating gunpowder. <laughs> Actually, good point. They would have eaten all the hardtack. Yeah. And they did. Oh, okay. Oh. So there were, for those people who do have children who get scared easy, a few scenes of skeletons, like that scene in the ship and then one that fell out of the casket that they took out of the crypt to mm-hmm, go into mm-hmm. where the treasure is. That's a little scary. So for a little, little kid, mm, yeah, scary. that's a fair warning. And then also to like full disclosure to be totally vulnerable. I did find Sean Bean's hair to be kind of scary. To it was very scary. It was, it was greasy glorious. Looking. I don't know what's going on. He needs to wash that hair though. Yeah. He's too busy chasing Ben Gates across the, uh, uh, the yes, globe and then the East coast. So, does every academic and the, like they have three names. Because there's like Benjamin Franklin Gates. And well, what's his dad's it, name? Like John Voigt Gates. John Voigt Gates. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, apparently. Midnight they... Cowboy Gates. <laughs> it was Patrick Henry Gates. I'll Anaconda you know. Gates. And Abigail Chase. I don't know if she had a middle uh, name, but that was her name. Abigail uh, Chase. Her, maybe so her ben, first name was Doctor. Yes, Doctor well, Abigail <laughs> Chase. It's like PhD. That, it's like that joke from Doctor Strange. It's a uh, Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. It's strange. Eh, who am I to judge? Yes, exactly. No, I think we should get to the beers. Oh, didn't, didn't we have our... We're going to thumb up and thumb down this one? All oh, right. I'm thumb upping hard, man. I love this movie. All right, yeah. I, think <laughs> I don't care how silly it as, is. I love as, it. As a fun, we're going to hang out and have a couple beers. Um, Sure. <laughs> There's worse things you could watch out there. Three silly funs up, but I, I read a little bit about this before watching it, and Roger Ebert's his take on it was the Monty Python remake wouldn't have to change the dialogue at all. Correct. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. There's a lot of lines that work, and there's other lines that do not make any sense. Right. They, they try to push the one-liners a little too hard. Right. Do you know what the preservation room is for? Delicious jams and jellies? But if you if you think of it as a heist film, or as a, like a funny, like, you know, escapade, like, yeah. It's a, uh, thumbs up for me, too. Definitely. Okay. So we're going to take a short break of a few seconds and come right back and talk about some beers. All right, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. This is Dan bringing us back in. And on this episode of Moving to Beer, we are talking about the film National Treasure. You got it. And we had a couple of really interesting beers. 
we knew what we were going to watch before we went and bought the beers. We did have a bunch of beers in our beer fridge, but we're just like, you had a lot of beers in your beer fridge. Screw it. Let's buy something else. Cause I didn't know if anything would really go with this. I was like, you know, Nick Cage actually speaking more than three lines in a movie. Cause anything that he puts out recently, this is from 2004. And like all his new stuff is like three lines and that's it. Yeah. He used to talk a bunch like in raising Arizona and leaving Las Vegas. I think he just got, like, he can't remember his lines or something now? I think he's just making artistic choices. He's always made big choices, and they either work or don't. <laughs> and hmm. Yeah. He gets paid regardless if they work or not. It doesn't matter to him. Well, he gets paid more if they make more, but yeah. Yeah, and he was making movies just to pay off his, I think, debts. I forget. He bought a castle or something. Yeah. He's, he's a character. He's a fun guy. So... <laughs> The, the, we gave three silly fun thumbs up <laughs> to this somewhat interesting and historical based, but not really historical film called National Treasure. And we had a couple of one being local and one not so local beers. Uh, Seismic IPA was the first one from Ascendant Beer Company. And so Ascendant, it's been around for a while. They have a very small tap room and restaurant that's in Old Town in downtown Portland over by the... Um, Chinese Garden. Ooh, I know where that is. Yep. It's I've a, been by there um, once or twice. It's 412 Northwest 5th. And I've been there a number of times over the years, like maybe once or twice a year, just to see what they have, because they always have interest in stuff. The brewer, the head brewer who founded it before it was called Ascendant Brewing, uh, moved on to create Zeugel House, which is a German beer company out yeah. on the east side of Portland. Mm. Uh, really cool guy. I've talked to him before. But Ascendant, they're doing really solid recipes. They're not doing anything crazy, and we're drinking the Seismic IPA. Uh, this is a 6.6%, 60 IBU. I had had this on draft on site. I had not gotten it in a can before, and they had it at Fred Meyer, and I was like, you know, I think I really want to try that out because, you know, we're, we're watching this great movie about that has a lot of architectural references and building and old stuff and Nick Cage's eyebrows, Nick Cage's eyebrows, one being raised a lot and the other not. There's Um, architecture in that for sure. This, Mm -hmm. this can is, uh, this bright orange and darker bluish color. I love the can. It's a very cool design. Uh, some really interesting bridge kind of things and it's just really interesting. Uh, do you recall how you liked it on draft? And do can you say how it compares to canned? I, I want to say it's real similar. That's good. I, I don't remember it being as dank as this, but mm-hmm. this is pretty dank as far as like the the hot profile is rounded. It's not super sharp and hits you upside the head like the other beer we're going to talk about here in a minute. It, it's Mosaic, Amarillo, and Simcoe, which are three traditional West Coast hops. It's going to give you that kind of citrus, funky, not funky, but... I guess you would say dank. If people know what dank tastes like, it's kind of a wet hop, wet vegetal raw me interface. Yeah, vegetal. Like I was getting, uh, like I smelled it a little bit before I even tried it, and and I smelled a lot of hop. But when I was drinking it, that hop wasn't overpowering. It's not. It's got a nice medium body. Yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I quite liked the seismic. It was. It was nice. Yeah. They have a nice description of it on the can, too. So, yeah, definitely check this beer out if you can find it. Totally. I think all three of us really like this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Similar silly thumbs up for yes. this adventure of a beer. Yes, the yeah. adventure of a beer. Easy and fun. Not complicated. Exactly. Easy and fun. I would say if you're an IPA fan, not super dry, medium bodied, enough hop to hold your, hold your attention, but nice to go with the film that has some interesting things going on as well. Yeah. And the second beer that we tried was Eagle Cap IPA from Terminal Gravity Brewing. And we've done a Terminal Gravity beer before. This one, uh, so Terminal Gravity is out of Enterprise, Oregon. So 
kind of southeast of Portland a bit. Uh, this is an IPA that I have had before. It's been a while, though. I don't think I've had this one before today. I've had other Terminal Gravity. I, gen- I generally like their stuff. Their main beer that they have that they were known for and have been making as a core beer for many, many years is Terminal Gravity IPA, TG IPA. It's a 6.1% ABV, 81 IBU, a bit more bitter than this other one as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. the acidicness, the forwardness of the hop. Uh, it's got a lot of citra hops in it, which is going to give you that kind of really hard edge. I use citrus in a few of the beers that I've made, and it is a very, very sharp hop profile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're a hop head, you'll love it. If you're not a hop head, it's kind of hard because it's also going to give you, along the citrus notes, it's going to give you kind of orange and grapefruit spiciness. I feel like I got spicy. I didn't connect any citrus to it, though. Yeah, likewise. I wasn't getting as much of the citrus. It's quite possible that the cans were a bit old. I did not. I don't have the can. I'm sorry, they were whittled. You have to. All right, we talked about this last episode. Check the born-on date of your beer. It's on the bottom of the can, or near the bottom of the can, usually. This on the one can butt. On the can butt, and this one I can't tell because it's all kind of goofy. Um, but yes, you normally you can. It'll say when it was canned. No way. And typically, I, they're j- not gonna. I really can't remember. Is biddle like the bottom part of the can? Is that what that's called? No. The biddle? This says canned on 11-11-2021. So this, this Ascendant beer is not that old. Uh, as I spill, <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> you poured one out for your homies, the forefathers, the <laughs> Freemasons. The yes, definitely. Giant zombie George Washington I referenced. So because it was a little sharper, it didn't quite go as well. Uh, as the first one, which was a little bit thinner and nicer. Yeah, and so yeah. Clean. Mm-hmm. I, as it, far as beers and what you might want to drink with this film. Something find, easy. Something you know, light. We say that a lot. Find something easy and light. If you just have what's in your refrigerator, grab that. But if you can seek this beer out, we actually really enjoyed this beer. And, yeah. and thank you, Nick Cage, for making a movie that we can enjoy with this beer. I will say for the second one, the Terminal Beer, if you want to do a Nick Cage movie, I'm thinking Raising Arizona. That's weird enough. It's off the wall enough, I feel like it would match with that bitter kick. Yeah, bitter sharpness. This guy just trying to take one of like what seven kids? Do they got enough kids? It'll be all right. Something like that. God, I love raising Arizona. Good film. <laughs> all right, so uh, we have an opportunity to say, "Hey, what was our favorite quote?" Um, I wrote a few down, but what was your favorite quote from the film? My favorite quote from the experience was from our friend Aaron. <laughs> who at a certain point just kept going, shut up, Riley. Because <laughs> Riley wasn't a lot of help ever. And he, he, was, he, was, he was, his role in the movie is the, uh, like, you know, side, uh, wisecracking side, side sidekick. Kick. Yeah. He's a sidekick. Which is annoying when you have every other character having these theories and, and uh, pitching history and having, you know, Disney level back and forth. <laughs> Riley just, just kind of stand out. It was, it was definitely, <laughs> they were trying to go for like complementary strengths. And Riley was, I, it was, it was great with every like technical problem they threw at him. You're like hacking into the video feed, you know, at the the National Archives, F- following like the a, GPS like, on a phone. Follow, yeah, yeah. And then, it's, but then he also like didn't know when to shut up in front of the the villain. You know, like he's a really smart, but he was also not smart. No street yeah. smarts. Yeah. And, and Nick Cage actually said towards the beginning of it, "Do we want to take you back to that windowless cubicle we found you in?" And, and literally, that's probably true, too. I mean, yeah, that tracks. It does. So that's my favorite line. Is Aaron saying, shut up, Riley. Shut up, Riley. 
I think mine was the cashier in the uh, gift shop, and I can't quite remember if the exact line was, "Are you going to pay for that?" Are or you gonna pay for? Are you trying to steal? Are that? you trying to steal that? And, and that was the first thing she said, and he's like, gave her gave her that one eyebrow raise. Like, hmm? What? What? Right. He sells the reaction. Nicholas Cage does sell the reaction. He does because of course it's like, well, yeah, he's trying to steal the well, Declaration of Independence. Independence. Yes, um, but you know, who, who who knew it would only be the thirty five dollar copy. Yes. Plus, plus tax. Yeah, yeah. Plus tax. Because and then the question is, where was it? Because <laughs> he had picked that up. She saw him pick it up out of the thing that said thirty five dollars for a copy. Yeah, yeah. And he had it sitting there. He was like, I can walk out with this. And she's like, No, you're gonna pay for that. Because he bought the, a copy and gave that to Sean Bean's character as part of the decoy. What? Plot. Switcheroo. 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 <laughs> where was he hiding the original? In his hair. In his, no, down his pant leg. No, he had already made he it was, to his van by that point. He, he, was, he threw the, the the legitimate one in the van and he had was the spare. It sweaty. <laughs> He's getting that sweat <laughs> on it. He was able to give the that's the how they could see the, the that's to how they could see Abigail the Abigail and and Doctor Abigail. They got enough face. heat to make it sweat. <laughs> it was really hot. It was really hot, and that's how the ink showed up. That, that's yeah. on the X-rated version <laughs> of how they find all the secrets. It's all very naughty. <laughs> all very very naughty. <laughs> What about, your, what about you, Dan? What's your favorite? Line? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Attaboy, attaboy. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Because, you know, he has to explain the plot. Because there's little kids watching and, you know, yeah. it's a PG film. Right. Apparently it was under touchstone until the ratings board decide, you know, decreed PG. And like, all right, I'll put it under Walt Disney. It's fine. Yeah. It's more child friendly. It is. And hey, you know, there's there's no violence. It's just some gunshots that don't do anything, and some dead skeletons. There hey? was there was a kidnapping. Like Doctor Abigail Chase was kidnapped. Yeah, but it didn't last very long. It didn't. And there was a car chase with uh, the the first uh, getaway driver in that van having no clue of how to look ahead oh, where yeah, he was on the road. Where, look where you're driving. Yeah, they just like went through constructions on. It's like boom, 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 boom. and they show again like they they had a hundred million dollar budget and they used every single penny on those stupid scenes where it's like you're the, in the inside of a van and it's literally they're shaking it. It's like I don't think the van's actually moving. They're just shaking it up and down to show everybody like oh we're in the air now we're not. We're in the air now we're not. It's yeah. like why, why are you showing us this? A team of like 24 techs had the job of like, like lift, it, yeah, lift up <laughs> the set. Move the set around. It's a bumpy road. <laughs> I would believe it too. Disney's cheap. Well well, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> you almost <laughs> got me to defend a multi-billion co- dollar company. How dare you? I know. Please <laughs> don't come after us. We're None. just we're criticizing. So, but we so far as bring I know, it, I, mouse. None of us are shareholders of Disney Corporation, and yes. we can neither uh, promote nor uh, I don't know, not promote, Sup- support or deny. <laughs> support or deny. Yeah. Yes. Just don't take away the Captain America movies for me, please. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Any any other things before we? Uh, Call this episode a a wrap. Are we going to rename the beer? We we can play beer name rename game. It's going to take a second um, for us to do the discovery phase of. Uh, Well, I don't remember where to describe it, but if you haven't heard, plot rename beer name game, we go to IMDb's plot keywords and then we. Well, first we pick the beer that we liked, which was the Ascendant. The the Ascendant, definitely. And we pick a, a phrase, we mix and match, we. Just look at where the plot keywords are. It's under like storylines or something. So down where it says synopsis. Synopsis. That's the so word. So if you scroll, if you're looking on your phone, you may not see it because the mobile. It doesn't like having it, but you can search it on a tablet or on your desktop. If you scroll, probably I would say you you see all the top cast. This one's got a 114. You go to the storyline. Yep. 
and it'll show you some words that have circles around them, and then you click on the one that has numbers. What we do is again we, <laughs> oh we God. pick we we pick a beer that we liked out of the ones we had, and then we rename it based on the keywords. And you can use any combination thereof. You can combine them, reorder them, whatever. Aaron, you you're smiling over there. Oh, I am. You, you can't see that on the podcast. I've, I've got a smile. I've had a smile this whole episode. Yeah, he's been smiling ear to ear. So what is? All right, I, we're gonna let you go first because I'm scrolling through trying to be in. Inspired oh. here. Well, I can filibuster for a second to give you a chance. No, no, no. Uh, no, go oh, ahead. Okay. I, I, I'll just... Well, I was going to rename this beer Illuminati. Yeah, I just saw that. I was going to use that too, so I'm going to come yeah. up with something else. Oh, I got something better. Now I'm glad I went first. <laughs> go for it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I lost the word. Um, Uh-oh. Uh, Wait, oh, no. You have to follow the clues to find the word. Yeah. You do I, have to follow the clues. Oh, I, I clicked this, uh, this, this scam ad, and I got Templar... Pop-ups all over my iPad. Oh, geez. Now they're, uh, now they're tracking. Oh, no, here it is. Bulletproof gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh-huh. Bulletproof gunpowder. Now, okay, for an IPA, it would lead you to want to drink it to be like, why the hell did they call it that? Because that would be an interesting name. And mine's... I'm, I'm liking it. Mine, mine is part of duology. Ooh. Using a word no one knows what the hell it means. Uh, wait, what does part mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm, s- I'm sad that you guys didn't laugh at that, but that's okay. Um, why is attic a plot keyword? Because <laughs> the little boy in the very interesting when he meets ah. grandpa. Well, they go up into an attic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, right. Everything else makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm gonna vote for the one that I was gonna use that Aaron stole. Illuminati. So we're gonna do the Illuminati. Wait. Did, only, I, only did I, I steal the thing that you were planning to steal? I, I just stole it. In you front stole of it before, from me in front before of you everybody. Could, before you could steal yes, it. Yes. Before I could steal so, it. So Aaron, does that uh, make you the Enix? Your hair is longer. <laughs> yes, it does. Wait a second. You're the Nick Cage of our podcast. Oh my god. But Dan has all Ooh. the money, so I'm confused. Oh no. Oh no, I'm the Riley. Oh no. <laughs> That's probably the one thing we can agree on. Oh, yes. my feelings. Sorry, Riley. I was hoping to be the Abigail Chase. You, you <laughs> need to quite. sound vaguely German for that. <laughs> yes. I want to be the Abigail Chase. <laughs> I want to be a... Nope. Nope. No, that doesn't matter. I almost got it. And I just start speaking like Scottish I, brogue. <laughs> so I, I, Diane Kruger is is like German. She, she, she grew up in Germany, was a German language speaker originally. I think English is a second language for her. I wonder if they wrote her character to have a German-Saxon background... Just to, to make the accent, the accent easier? easier. Yeah. Again, we're talking, they made no effort to hide any accents of any of the people, including the bad guy. So Sean Bean's character does speak with like, I don't know, like a Scottish accent a little bit, kind of. North England. North english kind of thingy. Thing. And then yeah. the guys, his hired muscles, like the bald guy speaks with a really present British accent. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Okay, so they're not Americans. What the hell do they care about the Declaration of Independence? Some of those other, yeah, Eastern Europeans. He, hey, we're a nation of immigrants. Yes. All all accents we, we are welcome all. in the we, United States we of America. We love all. Yeah. We love you, everyone. It yeah. says that in Invisible Ink on the back of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. Um, no, Aaron. It says a bunch of numbers. A bunch of numbers. Did you watch the same documentary I was watching? <laughs> oh, geez. Here we go. Good stuff. I learned so much about history today. We did. We all learned about history and what beers to drink while you're watching history unfold before your very eyes. And please, folks, do never, ever jump off of a battleship in the Hudson River because that's like a five-story fall and you break every bone in your body. Not to be busting out Mr. Cage, but dude, seriously. 
Also, those bad guys will get you and make you give up the glasses or whatever it was. I've, yeah, wasn't paying uh, attention. They might not have a diver waiting under the, the that water with a though. with a little scuba torpedo thingy with a yeah. propeller, so they can get away from the boats mm-hmm. and like right. here, here, here's some oxygen. Like, yeah, yeah, like he can see anything. A, he broke every bone in his body, and he has no oxygen in his body because he just hit concrete going. You know. Yeah. Kids, make sure you have parental supervision before you try. It only takes three stories to get to terminal velocity. (laughs) So unless he's flailing and trying to slow himself down. Everybody drink. Hey, all right. Dan K, the science gay, is here to support and help everyone understand the science of these poorly written movies. I think we're done with our episode. We're going to close it out here with uh, all the opinions expressed during the taping of this episode or those of the hosts. And if you don't, if you don't hydrate, you dehydrate the Freemasons. Yeah, you do. The Masons are going to come after you. <laughs> yeah, they'll come back from the grave. The Masons are going to get twist. All right. So thanks for hanging in there and listening, everybody. It's a little bit of a long episode, but that's okay. We had fun talking, and thank you for listening. And this is Dan signing out. Blake says bye. This is Aaron saying thanks for listening. <laughs>